0: Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around.
1: Oh man, we are here. You know what? We have more like gizmos with a little bit of water on their back. <laughs> and for those of you that are in your 20s, you're going to have to Google search gizmo and what happens when you get those little creatures wet. Because we got a third person at the table today.
0: We do. Um, so, I think um, something that, that Justin can hang his hat on is there's not a lot of people who have managed to pull off things that he hasn't managed to pull off. Wow,
1: that's the <laughs> angle you're taking on this one. Um, oh, really? So that's... we
0: so we had to have... I mean,
1: when do we have guests? Very rarely. Five so, times in like the whole thing for four seasons. So it's a special occasion. It's a yeah. kind of a big deal. It's a special occasion, but and, like,
0: there and... are friends. You're not a friend right now. <laughs> I mean, I... I don't say it with malice in my heart. You accomplish more than any human I know on a bike. Yeah. So for there to be one outlier and a thing that you've called yourself out on multiple times on the Okay, the podcast, I can call
1: my sister fat. You call her fat, and oh, we're, come on. we're taken to the streets. You are uh, right though. We, I bring it up because it is significant. No, it is significant. We we have a guest today who you know. Sure, I've accomplished a lot of things, Harley, whatever. But we only remember the losses, duh. Don't you (laughs) know know how unfulfilled, unscratched weirdos uh, we are in this endurance world? And so, yeah, I have gotten my ass kicked in attempting the Colorado Trail point to point. And so today we have, sitting at the room with us, a guy who who not only accomplished it, but he accomplished it meeting adversity, not unlike the adversity I met, but instead of tucking tail and grabbing a hot dog and hitching a ride on a train... (laughs) He stayed in it and he finished the route from Denver to Durango on the Colorado trail during the CTR of the Colorado trail race this year. So with that, who are you?
2: Hey, uh, I'm Russ. Uh, yeah, recently completed the Colorado trail race. Guess I'm about two and a half weeks removed right now. It was, um,
0: it was a time. Um, Russ, do you, uh, who do you race for? Like what's your affiliation here in the sport? Like what's a uh, little background for people. Cause Justin and I know who you are. We see you at races and we all kind of exist in the same little world, but there's luckily people all over the country who listen to this and don't know you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I race for, uh, flow formulas, um, group here in Denver. Uh, they've been a solid group, um, Really great support over the race season. Then you know, been riding with Justin and his crew a bunch this year, and that's been a blast. Uh, yeah, just jumping into different groups, different circles, <laughs> just
0: seeing who people who like to ride bikes. Yeah, just it, out for a good time.
1: It's kind of cool because you and I met in much like, uh, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves characters on Speed, <laughs> 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 like in the middle of a of a thing, and then uh, and then I think we had like a this like cool kinship around we can do this because i think the most like i guess impactful time that i was like oh man russ is a cool dude was at the telluride 100 back in 2020 yeah. when it was just terrible <laughs> oh, and, it was awful well here's the theme i dnf that race so another one of my failures which became one of russ's triumphant <laughs> completions but uh, i dnf with a broken crank and so i was at the finish line waiting for our teammates to come through on their first lap, going out for their second. And almost everybody in the race quit uh, after that first lap because it was just, it was monsoon rain, gale force wind. It was freezing cold. Like it, everything about it was terrible. Um, and you came through after your first lap and much like most people got off the bike and was like, dude, there's no way. I had your head between your knees. Like you were, you were, and I didn't really know you that well. You know, but from the little, I knew you, it looked like you were at one of your lows and like low lows and didn't want to get back on the bike. And, uh, we had this cool little moment where we got to chat and kind of acknowledge each other's suck there for a bit. And, uh, and you stood back up, you got back on the bike and you went out and you finished that second freaking lap.
2: Yeah. I remember that, uh, that pep talk <laughs> quite well as I, Shoved M and M's and chugged Red Bull uh, <laughs> to get me going for the next lap. Yeah, I remember coming through, just wanting to quit. I was hoping that I was just going to be so spent, just you know, so trash from that first lap that I couldn't go through. Coming into town, I'm just like, dang it, I still have
0: more of my legs, <laughs> and that means I have to keep going. Which you'd normally, normally like as a as an endurance racer, you'd be excited to be like, "Yeah, I'm not like I got some in the tank, I can go." But yeah,
1: that race changed people. No, it yeah. was so bad.
0: Not a fan of cold
2: and
1: wet. Well, it's a good thing that you just embarked on this long journey <laughs> yeah. above treeline, <laughs> yeah, through through like variable weather patterns mm-hmm. and. uh But no, that's when I I was like, man, dude, Russ a tough dude, and you have a background in. Ski mountaineering and high alpine climbing, and climbing, and like you, you were just telling me out front here that uh, you become a multi-sport athlete once September hits. Yeah, so you kind of do it all. Yeah,
0: I, I dabble in a <laughs> lot of
1: things. <laughs> so.
0: um well, so not everybody's familiar with the Colorado Trail, much less racing five hundred and well, what are the stats of the the trail, the race?
2: Um, for the bike route, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little longer than the standard colorado trail because you have to do some wilderness detours um oh because you
1: can't ride your yeah, bike can't through your ride route, like either. national
0: forest stuff or whatever the no you never. Uh, yeah. well by the way yeah. si-
1: side note what's your attitude on that because this there's there's a lot of chatter about trying to advocate for getting wilderness areas open to bikes because they've been closed for so long but so yeah. many of the rules that we have with wilderness usage are rooted in the first activity was hiking. Like that's all they that they did, and so so many of the rules we have, specifically like here in Colorado too, where we have trails that have been around f- far longer than the sport of mountain biking, so we have these kind of like archaic, stodgy rules with trail use. What's your opinion? Like, do you think a bike going through a wilderness area destroys a wilderness area? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think
2: horses are I was gonna say more so damaging
0: on, than a bike I'll have an unpopular opinion in this room and then to all the people that listen to this podcast but I don't think that wilderness areas should be open to bikes because they will then be open to horses and horses wreck shit
1: gotcha so I didn't know that the wilderness areas were also closed to horses I mean I would assume I don't know I don't. is I it think... just bikes if horses are already there
0: game on everybody should be there I because I, I I nobody League. does more damage than horses
2: Thought that horses
0: could go, I thought so too. Okay, well, if then the, I, I'm speaking from a place of uh, of ignorance. Like I don't know the rules, right? Um, but if horses are already there, that's the most destructive thing that's going to be on any trail ever.
1: Well, I just don't get what what are you preserving by not allowing a bike to go on a trail through the wilderness area? Like, I understand you don't want some big freaking banana peel wooden gap jumps built. Sure. Like I get that. I don't, but what's the difference with the bike? You're trolling through.
0: You're um. It's all about the people who pay the taxes in the county. Well, that, and that's Maybe. my point is that yeah. a lot of
1: these rules are set before there was a, a mouthpiece. I mean, for- that's
0: Jeffco. I mean, yeah. that, that's what we deal with. It's, it's the, the oldest, richest people in the county want to hike. And so they are able to influence. I could see, you know, concern about bikes getting off
2: trail and causing, you know,
1: erosion issues, erosion by issues. Spray. Yeah. yeah because we do like a lot of us do like let's be real if i can ride around a mud puddle but still stay on the trail <laughs> i'm will. riding uh-huh. around the yeah. mud puddle yeah. and if i ride can't through it no if i can't i'm bunny hopping it yeah. and if i can't do that i'm like wheeling through yeah. it so yeah. i get that um but harley to your point if the oldest richest people are the ones making the rules then these areas open up to e-bikes far in advance of our regular pedaling bikes yeah Dude, how
0: weird to e-bike only. E-bike only. That would be the weirdest trail sign to see. (laughs) Um,
1: All right, so uh, with the wilderness ride-arounds, what ended up being, because of the bike route, what ended up being the stats for that?
2: Uh, Roughly 530 miles and 75,000
1: feet of vertical gain. Only. (laughs) And how many days did it take you to do it? And how many days does it normally take somebody to ride it and then normally somebody to hike it?
2: uh it took me seven and a half days I'd say probably your typical you know bike tour might take ten days to two weeks
1: um the hikers hiking, are like thirty. it's like a month for a hike hi- for a hiker i'd I'd probably say about a month yeah I think they'd, they'd budget about a month to hike it so N- news flash feet are slow yeah right yeah <laughs> so a month to hike it. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks to bike tour it or bike pack it, maybe with people who want to take pictures. Mm-hmm. And then you did it in seven and a half days. Yeah. Which is a blistering fast amount of time.
2: It was fast. Um, seven and a half days is quick. Uh, what's the, I, yeah, like what's I I don't know what a winning Definitely wasn't a, you know, front runner in this race. <laughs> um, at a certain point I kind of was like, all right, I think I'm gonna, you know, back off a little bit and, uh, Enjoy this,
1: enjoy what I can. So, what you're talking about, like, so the, the Colorado Trail Race, and just correct me if, if I've got it mistaken, because it's something I've wanted to do. As Harley pointed out, I have I don't have the skill set that rest of us. Thank you, <laughs> Harley, my best buddy. Um, but each year at the end of July, beginning of August, around the, around that time, second week of August, or whatever it is, yeah, um, a group of people can go and race this thing. And It's kind of like underground. It's like an entry fee or anything like that. It's kind of an underground bootstrap sort of deal, but it happens every year, and they, they alternate, right, where you start. You start in Denver one year, go to Durango. Yeah, and then so Durango's next year
2: starting. it'll start in Durango and come to Denver.
1: Yeah, that's the way I had tried doing it. And uh, yeah, that noise is right. R- rough start. It's a rough start. Had I known that it got significantly better, that start is so bad. For, but you started <laughs> yeah. in Denver, so trails you're familiar with, how yeah. many people started this year?
2: I want to say probably around 40 to 50 started.
1: Yeah, I felt like that's what I see every year is like 40 40 to 50 people start.
0: Yeah. I think that given the scope of what that race is, that feels like a big field.
1: Well, again, 40 to 50 people started. Do you know how many (laughs) finished this year? So I
2: know that um, there was, I want to say, over a 50% dropout rate. Yeah. That tracks.
1: Yeah, so say of the 40 to 50 people, maybe 20 finished. Yeah. And then do you know where you finished overall? In that, in that? I
2: I'm, I am don't know where I was at overall. I want to say probably around, you know, 20th, roughly that, that range. Yeah. Um,
1: well, as as you said, you know, it starts, I think in those things, if you haven't done it before, this is your first time, right? Yeah. Totally if, new to me. Totally. If you haven't done it before, as a matter of fact, let's stretch out a little further. So you have to bike pack it, right? You have to carry all your own crap. Yep. And how many times have you bike packed? How, rather, how long, like months, years, decades, have you been bike packing prior to trying the Colorado trail race for the first time? Uh, a few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I know
0: somebody else who decided to, to do something just before a major event for like the first time,
1: you know, (laughs) uh, tandems are terrible. Um, I, I soft-tossed that question to you because not only did I know that you hadn't done it for very long, but I know that specifically because you borrowed all my bikepacking gear. To, <laughs> Your to, bags, to yeah. The bags to do it. Uh, and uh, and kind of we're learning on the fly, right? Like those few weeks before the race, you went out on some test rides. Yeah. You tried out the stuff. Um,
0: um If we could – I want to rewind just a little bit. How – I want to like – there's two questions that are like – burning through my mind which is um well really one how does like what point like where do you get to the point where you're like that's on my race calendar
2: you know it's the colorado trail it's been on my mind for i want to say three or four years like it's something that i've been thinking about i've been wanting to specifically do the colorado trail race okay um and then, yeah, last year, you know, I kind of thought I could do it. You know, thought it would work out logistics wise, time wise. Um, but then it just didn't happen. And then this year, I was like, "I'm making this happen." I, it's getting done somehow, some way.
1: Why? Uh, if you don't want to answer, but that's fine. But why? Why did it not work last year?
2: Uh, just.
0: It just didn't. It felt rushed. Yeah, probably not something you want
1: to rush. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have the you didn't have the exhaustive three weeks of practicing like you had this <laughs> comprehensive. <year>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I was just you know I was like uh, this it just didn't feel like the right time. Yeah. You know some new things in life. Not that that was any different this year, but um, yeah, it just didn't feel right. Felt rushed, and I was kind of like you know. I think this will be a better thing next year.
1: Cool. Go ahead.
0: How long before you were lined up? Like what was the date of like the decision of, okay, this is the year it's going to work. I can do this. What was that window to the day you lined up? Well, from the start of the year, it was a plan of mine. Sure. I I I, like what the day you were like, we're going forward. I need to get bags from Justin. Like what was that window? Um, probably six weeks to two months I started,
2: I started at a new job. And in that first week, like a few days at that job, I went to my manager and I was like, Hey, I've got this like big ticket item that I got to get taken care of this year. And, uh, luckily they were supportive of me doing that that good, yeah. and taking the time off yeah. to, to do it, so very grateful. Well,
1: that speaks for that. a lot about you too. You know, you if you're a new hire and you ask for that thing, yeah, they really. You should ask for a raise at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I got these guys on. I got yeah. these guys by the short hairs. <laughs> these guys are on the hook. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm also gonna need a pop. Um, all right, so uh, start date. When did when did this thing start? Started August 14th, 4 a.m. Day after Leadville, four in the morning, 4 a.m. in Waterton Canyon. Yep. Does it start at the sign there?
2: Um, yeah, pretty much just right there in that parking lot. Right.
1: Bunch of right hooting before. and hollering and all that. Or like was it a pretty like take take us there. It's 4 a.m. and you had a bunch of weirdos with your packs, bikes loaded down, just ready for it. What was the energy like there?
2: Uh very chill. Very chill. Everyone's just kind of, you know, relaxed, getting ready. No one's doing, you know openers to warm up <laughs> right, right. No one had got tra- a race for yeah. a week nobody
1: yeah. had their trainer outside their rollers yeah, outside no. of the car so did you obviously people must come to the start with you to drop you off because you're not going to leave your car at water to you for a week yeah so. you can't even leave
2: it there overnight i had uh, a friend that was doing the race he was coming from uh from longmont and stopped by and picked me up about 3 30 in the morning about
1: three in the morning and we just rode on. So the days preceding the start, were you just loading up on food? Were you just eating your face off? Because yeah. you're never you're gonna be in a calorie deficit for the next however long it takes you to finish.
2: Yeah, I was definitely enjoying myself doing much <laughs> less physical activity and training than I normally do. Still trying to keep moving, stay active, but yeah, definitely trying to get a calorie surplus.
1: Any like dumpster fire food that you ate um, before it started? Were you like, I'm going to eat this just terrible crap or no?
2: No, not really. Um, I'm also fortunate with my work and that they provide you know, a breakfast buffet every day as well as, you know, free lunches. So I just got to Are they hiring?
1: No, no. He's like, are, are you, are they you are hiring? You're, is this a, you're obviously is, a librarian at the local elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, this, is this a job <laughs> fair so also?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I would just get to work early and just, I, I would always have second breakfast.
1: Second breakfast is the, the best, best meal breakfast. of the day. Yeah, it is the best, best breakfast. Yeah. So if you're lucky enough to get up that early, you get a third breakfast in and you might as well just start like planning for the, for your own eulogy. Cause that's, that's the end of life type stuff right
0: there. I'm, I'm like envisioning a Venn diagram of like hobbits and endurance mountain bike athletes. And then like the overlap is second breakfast. Dude, you're absolutely <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right.
1: We just, we don't have the cool doors. Yeah. It's what totally. those cool doors. So it's 3am, you get picked up, it's 4am, you're going to start this beast of a ride. Um. At that point, like, even though you said no one's doing openers, like, you're a racer. Like, you do races. And so, like, you yeah. know that pre-race jack. Did yeah. you have the pre-race jack where you like, inside where you're just like, dude, this is sick?
2: A little bit, yeah. I was just, like, you know, thinking, like, oh, my God, what, uh, what am I getting into? Like, this is big. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty nervous. I was nervous every day about what's coming up, how my body's going to handle this. Just abuse that I'm putting it through.
1: <laughs> so it's four a.m. three, two, one, go, and you guys are off. Take us to go. You got a notebook full of notes here. Yeah. And I know just from reading kind of between the lines on your social media posts, you know, a lot of people don't realize like they see the finish, right? Yeah. Um, and you were you had a little bit more candor in your social media and you kind of showed, man, you got kind of low at some times. But, I hit some
2: yeah some pretty low points.
1: I imagine it was like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride emotionally out there. So yeah, a lot of emotions. Take lead on this thing, man. This is yeah. a, we want you to we want you to dump like we want you to dump on this one. Let I'll us come, let us come yeah. in with you. Take a big dump in this podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: Um, you know, starts off. There's a lot of stoke in the air. Um, you know, Waterton riding the canyons pretty quick just a mellow gravel road. Um, you know, I'm, my idea is just kind of get up to the front to avoid, you know, chaos once the single track hits. Um, so that's kind of my plan. I'm chatting up on the front, um, with one of my buddies, Kevin, who's from North Carolina and actually finished second in the race this year. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, just barely over five days, I think like, Five days, 16 hours or something.
1: That dude didn't sleep. Absolutely. There's no way. He no, of, no, yeah.
2: not much. Um, he slept more than the winter, but yeah. Um, yeah, so get going, feeling good, just chatting, catching up. Um, we hit the single track and I back off a little bit. And then, um, you know, everything's going kind of smooth but then this light bar that I put on my bars, it's getting rattled loose and then I'm having issues with my light setup. My just whole setup's not quite as dialed and tight as it needs to be. So I'm having some trouble descending in the dark and just doing some bonehead mistakes, fall back a bunch, but then then we get to the plat, it's light, I'm feeling good and I'm moving quick. Um, move up to some friends and then just kind of, yeah, just kind of chill. Um, ride as easy as I
1: can, I guess you could say. I've noticed that with like with my bikepacking experiences, when it starts, it's, it's not really the bike riding that's the hard part. So it's not my legs or my, yeah. it's, it's all these other variables. Like you said, bouncing around lights, your bags are all like, it's just, you don't realize how many straps you have on all your <laughs> shit until they're like fluttering in your face, or making a ticking noise you or figure out which bobbing. one's
0: loose. Or... Yeah,
1: totally. And then you add the light factor into it. And so now you can see this thing is like bobbing into your light field. And yeah. you start to realize real quickly, like there's a ton of crap I have to manage that has nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with riding a bike. I've told people, In my opinion, bikepacking is a completely different sport than mountain biking. Totally, You feel that? Yeah. Which one do you like better?
2: (laughs) I'm going to go with mountain biking. (laughs) I don't Uh, identify as a (laughs) bikepack racer. Um, Because it's it's a different thing. Totally different.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the last five years, I've literally met one person that was like, bikepacking is the best way to ride a bike. And they were pretty young and just don't know what, like, they just haven't, like, the cold, hard reality of life hasn't smacked them to where the bike needs to be the release. Right. So just like, it's cool if everything's hard all the time. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, uh, how far did you get on your first day? So you took us through, well, you yeah. already had the plat and your, that's when sun came up. So, I mean, you had a, did you get all the way through Buff Creek?
2: Yeah. Uh, the big day. The first day was on paper, the biggest day it was. Made it 120 miles, 15,000 vert. Um, but that's you- actually one of the easiest days. After you get through with Buff Creek, you've got the Lost Creek Wilderness detour. Isn't that like 70 or 80 miles? It's like 60 miles. It's kind of nice sometimes because it's like, okay, just gravel roads, like just spin. Take it easy, eat, drink. Um, You listen to
1: podcasts or music? Yeah,
2: podcasts. No, actually, I don't think I listen to many podcasts. Just downloaded some playlists and yeah, we just listen to music, get some hype going.
1: How did you? So you have, because I'm sure you have bike lights, you have a bike computer, you have a phone playing all this music, you have your, you know, whatever you're using to listen to it with. It's wireless, like Aftershocks or something. How did you, what was your, energy system that did you have solar panels and all this or
2: i just carried i carried two external batteries with me always tried to keep those as topped off as as i could anytime we stopped you know we we'd charge things
1: like at gas yeah, or? a gas station yeah
2: gas station um just keep the phone. phone I'm just on imagining like mode. the
0: owner of like gas stations in the middle of nowhere being like, every August our gas bill, or our electricity bill just skyrockets. Oh man, they <laughs> were making bank
2: off us though. We'd come in, just malnourished. Just, You're buying whatever. Oh, everything.
1: What's the nastiest thing you bought at a gas station? And by nasty, I mean when I stop on a road trip and I'm and I'm hungry, but I'm a mature adult. You know, I'll buy like a piece of beef jerky and some almonds. Yeah. in a bubbly water or something. Yeah. But when you're bike pack racing, you're just you can dumpster food it. So, what was the grossest thing? And by gross, I mean most unique to your normal routine that you ate out of a gas station.
2: Uh, well, nothing was definitely gross. Everything was. Very very tasty. Well, no, but I know it's yeah. tasty. Al- it's engineered. It's like, Al- like
1: unhealthy, like unhealthy.
2: Like
0: so, when I watch gummies, yeah. gummy worms, I mean, things when, like that, when that I, was when high I octane fuel. All the documentaries of every long bike race, like the one thing that I never eat in my my regular life, but watching people on a screen is almost pornography for me. Are the cherry filled pastries,
1: the yes, those nasty. Like, that's
0: all out. Yeah, I, I will like I won't buy them. If mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through the trouble of eating pie, I'll make a... like buy a pie. I won't eat those. But, but those I little want, packaged yeah. pie,
1: because I so I ate them as a kid. Yeah, um, and they're like they're like twelve hundred calories in these like goo filled, <laughs> disgusting like. And that's what I mean yeah. by dumpster fire yeah. food. Did you ever eat one of those? Th- oh, those those. Yeah, pie, I
2: definitely yeah. had my fair share of gas station pastries. Dude. Uh, a lot of Pop Tarts, a lot yeah. of this sour is... gummy worms and stuff. Yeah. And then would just load my pockets on frozen burritos.
1: Your nice. teeth, as I sit here, you guys can't see this that are listening. Like, your <laughs> teeth look pretty good. So did you get all veneers when you got back to town? Is that what happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I brushed my teeth
2: v- a few times. <laughs> A few times, a few times, in seven and a half days. You know, when when
0: you're living on a bike in the woods, I think the like the the measuring stick of like personal hygiene just shifts slightly.
1: I don't even know if you have to go that far. I was in my bougie ass van yesterday, driving back from Park (laughs) City, and Abby and I stopped uh, in Glenwood for me to get a quick ride. And it wasn't until I got done with the ride and then the subsequent lunch afterwards. So it's about like one thirty. I was like, you know. I need to brush my teeth today. So, <laughs> so I have, I'll I fall off that wagon. Oh, yeah. a PM brush is okay. Um, so you ate, but you can't get enough calories, right? Like on the course of this whole thing. So you said the first day was the biggest, you did 120 miles and 15,000 feet elevation gain just for people who aren't like listening. That's 5,000 more feet than the level 100 and an additional 20 miles in significantly more single track. So you your first day you did more than I did the day before out in Ludville. Like that was a that's a huge day. So you're never going to eat too much. Right. Did your body take it okay? Did you, like were your guts all jacked up?
2: My gut never has any problems. I feel like I can I can handle
1: about anything gut-wise. You got to eat that box over there and have no problem with it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like think he, like he looks to like that box. Yeah, I can eat box? that box. Yeah. yeah, I could. I could
0: take
1: that down. <laughs> Just to let people know, that's like a serial one e-bike from Harley Davidson box. So it's, it's a pretty a substantial <laughs> box. Um, all right. So day one, like, it, give it to us. Like, were you when you got done with that? You ride till dark or road? Yeah, pretty much till dark. Um, I think
2: we stopped maybe eight thirty. And are you riding with people? Did you, I was riding did with you have like friend. a little group? Uh, I was riding with a friend who was also racing for for a, the first three, four
0: days. Mm-hmm. So something that I've learned over the races that I've done is starting to understand how to pace myself for the stats of a race. Um, And it's definitely a learned skill that comes from doing Kind of the same so, like you know how to pace firecracker 50, right? Like you could any year know what your pacing strategy, nutrition strategy, et cetera needs to be to go do either one or two laps of firecracker 50 effectively. How do you pace something? like how do you decide when you have to factor rest time in like and sleep, how do you build that strategy? Did you look at the week and say, this is how I want to structure my week, and that's the goal. And if I don't, okay, fine, but this is the goal.
2: Yeah, there was a rough outline of how far I want to go each day, You know where I want to make it to. That didn't exactly go to plan, <laughs> but you just have to be able to roll with the punches. Uh, definitely took some punches, mm-hmm. rolled with them. So day one
0: um, did go to plan.
1: You,
2: day one went to plan, stopped a few miles after Kenosha Pass,
1: um, which was good. Uh, did you camp in the little campground like just past that dirt road crossing there on the CT? Camped. It
2: was, I would say, kind of right at the base of the climb up to Georgia
1: Pass. Okay, cool. Because so there's like little like flat, thing. flat spots there I see people like, we'll drive up to and camp. Was it there? Or were you? Yeah, like in yeah, we
2: we're yeah, yeah. We we're near that that yeah. point. Cool. Just Wanted to have sleep by a water source so we could, you know, hydrate very well. Right. And then yeah, camp there. First day went pretty smooth. Big miles, big day, but felt pretty good. Never got too overexerted. And then that second day, I want to say we we're rolling by.
0: About four that morning. Do like six hours of sleep? four and a half, oh, five. Like how many hours of sleep? I probably laid in my
2: bivvy bag <laughs> for six to seven hours yeah. and probably maybe got four hours of sleep. Yeah, I was going to ask you.
1: I can't ever sleep after a, a big, like a race event. Ever. No, like It's hard. I'm the same. I was just in Park City last week. and We raced the point to point Saturday. Um, I... I Dude, I think I fell asleep by like maybe 11 p.m. I was up at 3:30, my eyes like wide open, four and a half hours of sleep. I'm like, let's go, let's get the next day started. <laughs> but my body was like, no, dude, I need 27 more hours of sleep. Like, yeah, tired. but it's so hard to shut down and go to sleep. Yeah, I, it was a, it was a struggle the, the whole, whole time. time. I was yeah. gonna
0: ask, I was like, I was wondering if like the cumulative effect of fatigue at any point allowed you to rest, but I guess not.
2: Yeah. It was it was tough. Got a little bit of rest. Probably I want to say I probably averaged 4 hours of sleep a night. Some nights more, some nights
1: less, if you want to even call it sleep. Did you ever take any like sleep aids like like CBD or anything like that to like help you try to sleep or
2: A few times I took like some Advil PM. Yeah. If I went at a gas station, I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna grab this. Yeah, totally. Hopefully this will put me out a little bit quicker. Yeah. But most of the time it was just kind of like, yeah, oh, let's get a let's get four or five hours in and just
0: get rolling early. So it's four AM, it's day two. You're
1: Leaving in the Kenosha Pass area. Yeah, pretty good distance away from the start. Yeah, like you got to be feeling pretty good come day two. Like hell yeah, that was a nice yeah. First clip got to um, back
2: to the first day. We got to like the resupply point of that day, which is a stage stop saloon on the detour. Just kind of a restaurant, but they've also got a little store with some food. I wouldn't say very nutritious food, but you can pick up enough bars and. Junk food to get you to Copper Mountain the next day. Um, you can also stop in Breckenridge, but you've got to go three miles
1: off, off route. route.
2: Yeah. Mm. So that's
1: kind of a time isn't that, suck. Isn't that funny on a 500 plus mile route? You're like, you know what, those extra three miles, can't, yeah. can't do it. Nope. <laughs> like, I like that bagel sandwich, but do those three miles, like, I can't do it because it's yeah. three miles each way. But yeah,
0: it's <laughs> death by a thousand cuts. You do that four or five times over the course of seven days and You've you've crushed yourself. Yeah,
2: and then there was that first day. There was a good bit of people that went up and over Georgia Pass that first day. They pushed through, Um, and then that maybe it did them, you know, an advantage. Maybe it didn't because I stayed dry that night. We got a little bit of rain where I was camped, but on the other side of the pass, it stormed hard
0: that night what day was that
1: oh that was going <clears throat>
0: into the that was uh was that the day we were canceled or was it the day that it rained at no, the end of the stage
1: into the stage rain yeah. so that, that would have been monday then yeah yeah um because the first day your first day was sunday Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so then yeah that was yeah. like was, that up was monday our day more, on colorado yeah. trail totally yep and it rained on us and it was because we were in the actually same part of the trail because we were doing yeah. wreck epic I actually had half of mine I was signs. like I might, I might see we might see him like I kind of have my eyes peeled a little bit yeah, thinking I've it would be really cool thing. like if we bumped into you because we saw throughout the throughout Breck epic we saw people bike packing it but I don't think that there were any of them in the race there was um there was a guy
0: that absolutely sent it down that big downhill on Colorado Trail Day okay who I, I asked him and he he was. He was in the race, yeah. A lot of those people probably were in it.
1: Yeah, huh? Yeah.
0: Dude, this guy, rigid titanium bike, every bag you could imagine.
1: I couldn't believe how hard he sent it on that downhill. Well, listen, as a single speeder, we work so hard on single speed to get uphill. Uh-huh. So when I have the opportunity to go downhill, I don't touch my brakes. <laughs> And I think bike packing is even more arduous right. than single speeding. Right. And so, if you work that hard to get like your 40 plus pounds, how much did your bike like? So, with everything in it, we should have asked you this earlier like, with everything all on it, what did your bike full water load? What were you weighing in at? I was afraid to weigh it. So, I never weighed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, I just roll with
0: the punches. Well, you weigh is what no, it weighs. Like, you're, you're not like, like, like a knowing the weight's not going to affect yeah. anything. Well, right? I could
1: ask him the, the, Easy question you ask a bike racer, like, Hey, skinny arm boy, can you pick it up? But Russ does the multi sports, so you're jacked, yeah. so I can't right. ask you that question. <laughs> right. Like, typically, be like, Hey, uh, I don't know, Chad, can you pick this up? Nope, this is pretty heavy, <laughs>
2: but I just carried what I needed to carry and didn't even didn't ask questions, didn't worry about it. What yeah. bike were you on? I was on my Scott Spark World Cup 2020, 100 mil travel, pretty racy and XC.
1: Do you have a dropper post on it?
2: I do, but I ran a rigid post, so no dropper.
1: Well, because you're running seat bags. Sometimes the seat bags can jack up the dropper, and then next thing you know, you're in a real bad way. Um, But
2: back to the guy sending it with his, you know, all the bags and everything. Man, those descending with a weighted bike can actually be pretty fun once you get used to it. Uh Like. All that much weight just glues you to the ground. Like, yeah, I would rip, and it was fun. And especially, you know, when you live on your bike for a week, you get pretty well dialed. Like,
1: yeah, it was an riding. extension of you.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, just another extension. So I was, yeah, pretty comfortable just mocking it down.
1: Did <laughs> <laughs> Did you PR any downhills? That would be interesting because you've ridden a lot of. There's parts a good chance trip.
2: I did actually.
1: Yeah. Did you track this whole thing like on Strava or just your bike computer? Or Yeah, it's,
2: yeah, it's yeah. all on
1: Strava. Is it one continuous ride? No, just day by day. Oh, yeah? Did you have to question that? Because I remember when I was <laughs> attempting, thanks, Harley, to do this, I brought chargers because I wanted it to be just like one long thing. Um, but you just did it day by day to track it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, some days I would be like, oh, man, this is actually going to be embarrassing on Strava. Like, I went this far, but it
1: took this long. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but there's times where you were probably walking your bike much more than you were riding it for stretches.
2: Oh, yeah, there was there was a
1: lot of hike-a-bike. All right, so day, day so two. We're, in day,
0: we're into day two. Yeah. Okay, day two. Um, What sections did you, like, what standout sections did you ride to you road? Did you go up over? You didn't go up over Georgia Pass that day. Yeah, no, day, day two. two. You did. Started, up and over. Up okay. and
2: over. I'm on... Georgia. I'm on the top of Georgia by. I want to say. I
0: guess if you slept on Kenosha.
1: Yeah. I want to say around seven
2: a.m. Like yeah. I actually felt pretty good climbing up it. Made made pretty good time. Yeah. Then descended Georgia, and then everything was just soaked from that storm the night before. Water everywhere. You're just getting drenched from you know hitting all that brush. Yeah. And then, yeah, we s- just start up the the big climb uh, coming into after Georgia Pass. Um, that's like, I don't know, 1,000,
0: 2,000 feet. Then some fun descending. Was that that big climb we did on that Colorado
2: Trail? Part day?
1: of the Breck
2: Epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then, because yeah. then you then descend down into Frisco. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Did you resupply in Frisco and grab some grub or just continued on
2: through? Just pushed on through. Yeah. had enough calories. Um, and then yeah, started to make our way to copper, um, had to get over the 10 mile range.
1: Dude, that's a hell of a hike. Oh a bike. my
2: God. It was, tell it us was about rough. that. Cause I,
1: I've done that and it is just, it's a push the whole way. That's All where Wheeler way. is. It that, was.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was, I was on the struggle bus there. Road. Uh, I think it's gold Hill. I rode that trail pretty well. Maybe overexerted myself a bit, uh, clearing some stuff because just felt good. And and yeah, being a racer wasn't necessarily an advantage because, you know, if I'm feeling good and I'm having fun, I want to surge up stuff and rip around, have fun, go fast. But every single effort you do
1: over tempo, even tempo, you pay for it. Yeah. So I was, I was wondering like how you make that. Cause like, like Harley, you know, when you hit a spot at your exertion, you're like, all right, I'm burning matches. But you also know that when the day's over, if your matchbook's empty, that means it was a good day. And it doesn't matter. Right. But when you are in for this you know, week long thing, how did you talk yourself out of that when you started to realize like, this isn't going to help me?
2: Well, sometimes I didn't talk myself out of it. (laughs) I just wanted to go fast. Um, But no, I would just be like, all right, chill out, take it easy. Or I was just so spent that I couldn't. But yeah, you kind of just knew, you know, if you're going, if it feels hard, it's too hard. Yeah. Um, So you just, you know, get off, hike your bike, push, eat a little while you're pushing. But yeah, the uh, getting up and over 10 mile, that was a, nasty nasty push but it's relatively short but it still takes like uh, 2 hours to go 4 miles or something ridiculous then after that you top out pretty much just descent, a pretty steep descent yeah that descent's wild yeah is yeah. so so that miners
0: or no, do you no, do no. something he, different he, yeah different, it's different, different area, yeah yeah a different area we're out
1: of your zone now okay yeah i'm, yeah.
0: I'm just looking for context to bring it to people <laughs> No. So I know what's going
1: on yeah, too. Yeah, so basically when you topped out, it was where we topped out with Wheeler and Brett. But you go a different way. But you go a different way, the Colorado okay. Trail all the way down. And gotcha. it's going to take them down into Copper. Got so it, you're basically, it, it. for people who are listening to this that are I-70 junkies, and if you were there this last weekend, you got to spend hours on that road. <laughs> so it's just the rib of mountains that's between Frisco Breck and Copper. And if you drive through them, you look through, you see the exit for like Officer's Gulch and stuff like that, and you look at these mountains, and they are – it's pretty yeah. steep and and jagged and tough and you rip down that hillside and I've done that descent a few times without the bags and it's wild. Yeah, it was
2: it was like scary cuz I'm so weighted and I don't want to blow through my brakes like just with all this weight that's carrying so much inertia going downhill like
1: did you carry extra? Did you carry brake like Harley would have probably said, "Hey, dude, take this set of brake pads."
2: I crossed my mind, but luckily they they held.
1: Yeah, but you kind of have. You seem like you took this thing with a pretty renegade attitude, thinking they're <laughs> <laughs> gonna hold. Yeah, you know, yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry about it. But um, yeah,
2: descended, got down to copper, then spent probably a, an hour at that gas station. Right before you get to the Copper Mountain Resort.
1: No, we all know it's the most overpriced gas station. Oh, it's so bad. Dude, did Terrible. you stop there for Leadville? I stopped there to get gas on the way to Leadville. 580 a gallon. Dude, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I did the same thing. Yeah, and then if you want a $9 Americano that tastes like water, that's the spot.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I think I spent about $50 on gas station food between,
0: I don't know, four or five burritos, a bunch of cookies... Drinks. So is this like all the, eating in that moment, but also like re-upping some, yeah, eating, stuff?
2: eating, resupplying. Uh, we, I wanted to get to Leadville or Tennessee Pass that night. Um, so after you know an hour or so of collecting and resupplying, got moving, uh, making our way up, up Copper. Um, with you know trying to get up and over Searle and Kokomo that evening but then that did not go as planned um, we were I was worried that you know weather was going to hit getting up and over 10 mile it held out for us but then shortly after Copper the rain started and you know it was a light rain no big deal you know morale still high it's like yeah we'll, we'll get to We'll get to Tennessee Pass, have a chill night, get some sleep. You know, if it's raining, no big deal, I'll sleep in the pit toilet. <laughs> Stay warm and dry in that.
1: When it starts raining, did you, like, immediately stop and put on your, your rain gear? or Because, like, when you're out for a day ride, right, if Harley and I are out just riding for the day and it starts to sprinkle a little bit, you're like, nah, it's not that big of a deal yet. And you always make the mistake of putting the rain gear on after you're soaked. But when you're in your position, like, did you stop right away and do we have to gear up?
2: Yeah, once it, once it turns into a steady rain and you know it's not going to stop, it's like, all right, better, better put some rain gear on. So, yeah, put some rain gear on, kept moving. I was pretty optimistic. I was like, you know, whatever. It's, it's just an evening storm. Like, this is all going to clear. It's going to be gorgeous on the passes. It's going to be a nice night. Tennessee pass, get some sleep, but, um, yeah, the weather had different plans. It just continued raining, a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning, heavy rain. Um, so actually just, you know, stopped, stopped riding about seven that night. And that was the shortest day. Uh, only, only 10 hours of riding
0: that day it's um, so soft what would you cover <laughs> would you cover mileage invert wise roughly oh god i think that day was it's probably like, a lot of vert probably not much mileage
2: yeah that day was like 45 50 miles maybe i maybe i don't think it was even ten thousand feet of vert
0: huh. maybe eight just hard fought something yeah, just everything everything's just a fight oh um, brutal fight and you know then, ref- referencing your you said you had like a a, a a rough outline of a plan of day by day, um, thinking about lightning and weather, uh, and all that. Uh, did you, when you were making your outline, did you factor what elevation you wanted to try to sleep at? Like, were you specifically trying to avoid sleeping high so that it wouldn't be freezing cold or anything like that? Um,
2: That wasn't too much of a factor, but just kind of had like a location in mind to get to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And none of those were at a super high altitude. But yeah, um, that second night, just hunkered down, bivvy down pretty early, um, just hoping that the rain would stop and then we just get an early start. So that next day, it was, it was. It was kind of weird, like up at 1 a.m., moving by 1.30 a.m. And then we're on these, you know, on Searle Pass at like 3 a.m. And, you know, it's still raining some, but it's light, but, you know, light rain. But everything is soaked. You know, there's so much, so many willows up there that you touch them and it just empties on you. Um, but yeah. It has
1: got to be freaky because that's... It was like, freaky. Searle Pass in Kokomo. The, the The Dirty Copper Triangle ride has that on there. And that's one of my favorite rides in the state. That connector piece, you're pretty remote because it, it's a haul. Like tourists will stop hiking at Surrell Pass. And no one really hikes up Kokomo too much from Camp Hale. So you're, you could, you're like on the moon out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, was Did like, it freak you out being out there like at 3 in the morning? It dark? was weird. It was weird. And then, yeah. You know, there's monsters out there. I believe it. <laughs> there are <laughs> monsters out there that wa- won't kill you. <laughs> I wanted one to come and kill me. <laughs> I was like, take me out. But yeah, then descended Kokomo in the dark. terrified, Terrifying. But at the same time, it was like, well, we're dropping a lot of elevation. At least it'll get warmer and hopefully stop raining. Did you start
1: seeing like 10th mountain division troops, like storming up the hill towards you? Like, were (laughs) you like, as you came into camp, No. was your mind in like a weird place where you're like hallucinating? No,
2: I was, once I was off of that, like spirits were pretty high. Uh, there was actually people that, you know, pushed through that storm. Like, you know, I was bivvied and then I'd hear squealing brakes come by, come by my bivvy. And, Ended up catching up with them. Like they pushed, you know, they rode longer, but then slept later. So there was a lot of, you know, back and forth like that. But I've talked to the guys that went up and over Searle and Kokomo in that storm. And they're like, it was, it was scary. Like it was so cold. It was snowing,
0: like had Lightning no contractor probably a little bit, maybe no. a little bit, yeah. but not
2: too bad, but you know. That one thing, I was not comfortable going up and over Searle and Kokomo in that rain because I knew how cold it was going to get. And I knew that that was just downright dangerous for me to get into a hypothermic state.
1: Is that is that type of like banter unspoken as you pass these riders? Like, okay, you bivvied, they squeal about you at night, they push on, which they're doing something you've decided is not a good idea And then next thing you know, you pass them again in the morning, almost like proving that that wasn't a good idea. Is it like when you are jogging through traffic? You know, you're (laughs) jogging through traffic with a guy or somebody, and then like you made like 20 cars up and then get over, and then they end up passing you again, and they kind of look over at you? Did you guys have that sort of vibe? or Uh, Sort of. It's, yeah. It, It all just kind of
0: evens out,
2: I would say.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So we're in day three, you're descending sketchy stuff at 3am. Um, you, you bivied a little earlier than you had anticipated on day two, correct? Yeah. So are you of the mindset, you're going to try to make up some time or are you just going to let the day kind of unfold how it unfolds?
2: Kind of let the day unfold how it unfolds. Um, but you know, we were, um, you know, that day Got moving pretty early and then, you know, th- was hoping it was going to be a sunny, nice day, but that wasn't the case. Luckily, it wasn't raining, but it was just overcast all day, kind of dreary. But that third day went pretty well, pretty smooth. Um, How far did you make it? You made it to Buena Vista. Holy crap. So that's, you made it up.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. You descended Coca yeah. we'll get through the Camp Hill area, up over Tennessee and then through Ludville, yeah, it was a
2: it was a long day considering how early I started. Um, but it was funny, like those when you start at like you know two in the morning or so, it's almost like those pre-dawn miles don't even count, like. <laughs>
1: I, I I hear what you're Hell, saying yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds crazy yeah, it sounds but I've been there so mental. <laughs> yeah but so I know what you mean though because yeah. then the, the sun comes up and you're like oh the day has started
2: yeah and it's like oh wow it's 6am and I've already ridden like 4 hours like Meanwhile, so much is already behind me and I've got so much of the day left ahead of me but yeah that third day got to Buena Vista knew like I wasn't comfortable pushing on past Buena Vista without having a lot of food, without recharging all my, you know, devices, having um, fully charged external batteries. Getting um, so gear dried. It? Time? Got into Buena Vista around four.
0: I mean, that's still like it, I'm sure it felt. I think it was like a seventy-five smart. mile day. Yeah. 15 uh, hours is what I'm counting in my yeah, head well, and, and that's <laughs> yeah, the point I, I want right. to make is like, I'm sure there's a part of you that was thinking there's daylight left. I should keep pedaling. But then the flip side is like, well, I just rode for 15 hours. I covered a ton of ground. There was no,
2: no, nothing in my mind that said I
0: should keep pedaling. <laughs> well, Everything in my, my mind was like, stop pedaling. Yeah. I think, I, I guess that I, I would maybe struggle with that where you, yeah. you see daylight left on the clock and you're like, well, yeah, for sure. Riding during the day is maybe better than riding at night. But you, to your point, you need to re up, you need to refuel. You yeah. I had rest. to think long yeah
2: especially after that rough night, you know, things have been hard. So got a hotel room in, Blue oh, Vista. oh. <laughs> a lot of people did. Yeah. It was, it I mean, was a good move.
0: Yeah. A, a good night's sleep, a shower, yeah. Running water, or, yeah, outlets. Shower it. A real bed.
1: I yeah, can see a lot it, it, of, of it,
0: positive.
2: Yeah, it turns things around for you for sure. Yeah.
1: Did you know that that was probably going to happen like when you mapped out the days or did you always have like a... Yeah, I
2: you know. was definitely like, all right, I might need to hotel in Buena Vista. And, you know, after that rough night, you know, talked to my family and they were they were concerned for me. They are like, Dude, how, what are you doing? Like, don't go, don't go crazy. You need to like take care of yourself somewhat. They're like, are you going to get a hotel or are you, are you pushing through? And I was kind of undecided. I was like, well, we'll see when I get there. But then as I was getting closer, it was like, all right, yeah, hotel is, it's going to be good and I think I'm going to need it.
1: Yeah, because okay. it sounds like, you know, doing the math again, like you've you've, you've ridden 37 hours roughly in three days. Yeah. It's kind of what it sounds like. Little sleep. And meanwhile, that third day when you made it from, uh, you know, where you were at in Searle Pass, before Searle Pass, all the way to Buena Vista, Harley and I spent the whole day walking around Breckenridge on a day off of the Breck Epic. <laughs> Sitting in hot tubs doing Norma tech and overspending on yeah, food, definitely watching like, movies. You were PS5 in it, $10 coffees,
0: PlayStation. Like, we had a then very different day after Buena Vista. You've got
2: a long stretch until your next resupply, so yeah, there's
1: and there's not water there either. Like, you have a haul, right? There was plenty of water,
0: oh, luckily. Well. Well, it hasn't stopped raining in the mountains in Colorado for six months.
2: Everything is very well saturated (laughs) and streams are flowing very well. So there was plenty of opportunities to get water, but there wasn't much. There's there's one opportunity for food between Buena Vista and Silverton. um, And that's, yeah, so had to make it to there. Holy crap, from Buena Vista to
1: Silverton was your next leg.
2: No, I. That. that I'm just took, like like
1: big speaking. Yeah. was your next leg. Probably took you yeah. a couple of days, but. Uh. Yeah,
2: that was that was a big push.
1: So we're
0: rested. We slept in a bed. Yeah, I got like six toilet, to seven brushed hours. Used our teeth sleep. probably.
1: Did you, yeah, is this one of the teeth brushing moments? Yeah. We I, only had three. I brushed so. my teeth.
2: <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> excited about I think that.
2: I brushed my teeth like once before, even.
0: Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's a chance. So you slept good, presumably ate some real food. Yeah, feeling rested, recharged. We got to start day four. How early do you decide to start?
2: Um, left the hotel by three a.m. I think. And then you go down to the we counter clerk
0: and two. be like, "I got to check out," and they're just like, "Really?" There's no counter clerk. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> three. Yeah, that
1: was just. But yeah, they, they, just leave your key. Leave yeah. The key. You just yeah,
2: leave. get rolling, and then. Yeah, it starts with just kind of a long climb up the road to uh, reconnect to the Colorado Trail around um, Cottonwood Pass. So you hit the CT there, um, ride a few hours through the you know through the dark. I think we make it to Mount Princeton Hot Springs around sunrise, and then that's when Section 14 just. Really starts to be an ass kicker, and well, you and I got, got in to rice. ride that. In yeah, june ridden, ridden you, that area several times. Yeah, you and
1: I rode in June, the opposite direction. Yeah, like almost together <clears throat> during the Salida Big Freaking yeah. Loop. Yeah,
2: and in my mind, I was like, I remember doing a lot of climbing on the Salida Big Freaking Loop, so you know,
1: should be a lot I mean, of downhill. Should
2: be a lot of downhill. <laughs> No, I think it's equal.
0: <laughs> like it's famous last words. It should be mostly downhill. It's, it's the Colorado rough. Headwind it's conversation. Rough either yeah. yeah.
2: Is it's just so punchy and
1: And it's single single track. Like yeah. I don't I think people who haven't done this or attempted this and they think the Colorado Trail is kinda like what they ride when they go out to Buff Creek for the day. The Colorado Trail is full on hiking trail yeah. that you can take bikes on. Yeah. In I terms mean, of how narrow and rooty rough. and
0: That was my, I mean, I had that exact experience when we did uh, Kenosha to Breck.
1: Well, Uh, yeah, when I I goaded you on with chocolate covered espresso espresso beans.
0: But yeah, I mean, it's, there's very few segments that are like. Buffed out bike riding. Very little. Yeah. I mean, it's, and arguably it probably gets worse and worse as you go south, I would imagine. Yeah.
2: And then, then we hit, I want to say the bottom of Foose's around 1 or 2 in the afternoon. Um, and it at that point, it feels like 5 o'clock in the evening. It's just, it's still cloudy, a gloomy day, and I'm just kind of like you know, nervous. I'm like, oh, God, we got to get up to Monarch Crest. It's looking rough up there weather-wise, like can't even see the top, hoping this is blowing over. Um, but yeah, start pushing up
1: fooses and that by pushing, you mean you are literally pushing,
2: yeah, literally pushing for a lot. There's some that you can ride and I would ride what I could, um, but pretty spent. So I'm just like, uh, I just need to hike this. But then that last, I don't know, half mile or so that's super
0: straight. Yeah.
2: So it's like, well,
0: this would be fun to come down. I'm here to tell you, it's amazing. And I just feel bad for your whole experience that you had to go up Fusas and not down. Yeah.
1: Because fooses is amazing. Have you done, gone you down did, You guys did fooses for that uh, celebration ride. Yep. And uh, I didn't make it for that, but I hear, I hear it's awesome. It's yeah. so good. I want to get that, back and ride it And down. dropping
0: into that chute, that big steep rock chute yeah. that is... That takes you right to treeline. Oh, I was cursing. So good. <laughs> I going was, down it. <laughs> I was I was hating myself. Yeah. Yeah, you have to do yourself the favor of going back and shuttling fooses yeah. and riding down it. L- it let me ask phenomenal. you
1: You're talking about pushing in this idea of like, well, I'll hike the bike and ride it when I can't. Did you change foot? Like, what was your footwear? Did you wear carbon-soled race shoes like you normally do? Or no,
2: I wore some hike-a-bike friendly. Clipless shoes, but you know they're <coughs> kind of like a flat shoe. Right.
1: Um, well, what are they? they? Do you know what they? Do you remember what they are?
2: They're like some a pair of five tens, I think. Yeah,
0: sure. So um, it's like a pretty good, like a sneaker. You it's got walk some yeah. movement to it, but you yeah, could, it still also
2: it has was, a little
1: stiffness was, to it, so you can pedal. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a great shoe. Did you switch to like a trail style pedal, or did you still just have your regular regular? SPDs yeah 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 that I don't know if
2: you know clipless would even be faster than flats yeah you know, those people that beat me riding flats they were strong guys though yeah
1: but yeah
2: um yeah then got up yeah so how was out, the weather
0: up at the top when you got there
2: it sucked. It was uh <laughs> it was a cold. It yeah. was nearly whiteout conditions. Was so it snowing? It's or just about snowing. Just about like there might have been a little bit of freezing rain. It was it was get up there, put on every layer that I had. And then get, get moving. Get the f down. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, you still got some up once you get there and then yeah, eventually the weather kind of moves out but it soaks everything. There's so much mud. If there's one theme of the CT this year, it was mud. Yeah. Mud and rain.
1: Like was the mud? Did, I mean, was it just debilitating? Clogged drive trains, block wheels. Didn't into the... mess
2: up my drivetrain too bad. Um, you know, you get, you know, you hit that section that's a mile or two before you, you know, drop in for silver. If you've done that. Right. And there was a lot of mud up there and it was thick, but you just go around it if you can. But after that, I guess you hit like you know, the Marshall Pass area, um, working your way to Sergeant's Mesa, and that was just that's when the wheels started coming off. Like it was just so <laughs> rough. Yeah. So muddy. Like, Are you
1: alone at this point or is your buddy still with you? Uh we actually There's three of us
2: at this point riding together. Another guy wanted to, you know, kind of join us. um, But we're all kind of spaced out. Uh, My buddy's actually feeling pretty good. And, you know, he's kind of a... He's much more seasoned in the bike pack racing realm of things. So he's feeling good, moving quick, moving smooth. And I'm just like, ugh, I'm... I'm starting to hit my low, um, energy zap, not much in the legs. And the what, trail is just so, so rough. And what so
1: conversations muddy. are happening in your head when you're like, you say you're approaching your low. Like what, what triggered you to know that? Like, Oh man, this is a spot. I haven't been like, were you going dark? Like I want to quit. Or were you going dark? Like, like what was going through your head when you're in that spot? Just how much this sucks.
2: Like, I mean, I, you know, Kinda wanted to quit, but at the same time, like I knew I wasn't going to. There was there was nothing there was almost nothing that that was gonna make me actually quit. I knew quitting was not gonna happen. It was not an option. I also didn't give myself the option. I didn't I had no one like no backup plan, no one that's there to bail me out. I had a ride at the end. Um, but that was it. So
1: it so you was kind Yeah, you got to get there. <laughs> that yeah. was, I did. We I talked. knew if, you know,
2: shit hit the fan that somehow I'd get away out of there. But yeah, for the most part, exiting the trail early was not an option.
1: Yeah. I love it. you leave the house, no phone, no keys, no wallet. Just <laughs> yeah. like, gotta get home. Yeah. Gotta yeah. go do this thing. So, so you're in that low though. And you're, you're, it sounds like you're like wrestling through mud and you're yeah. trying to get through here and where was your goal? Like, where were you trying to get to that day?
2: We had a, we had a goal, um, to get partly through the sergeant's Mesa area, which we, we almost, almost got to where we wanted to get to actually just, just a mile or two shy of that. Like that day we did, I want to say seventy-five miles in, again like fourteen thousand vert, and rode until I think nine thirty that night. Who's the
1: first one to say, guys? I think we should stop. Yeah, dude, because, really, Do you not okay. want to be that guy? <laughs> yeah, totally. Because like for an hour, you're thinking to yourself, dude, I would, I would stop right now. Like somebody, if somebody says stop. it, I'm like, like we should uh, stop. Yeah, like, so, yeah. Who pulls <laughs> well, the
2: ripcord? Oh my, my friend kind of pulled the cord on on that night like we're we're slowly moving there was some a decent amount of descending so we were able to cover a decent amount of ground Um, but at after a while it you know it was like what's the point like let's just call it good get some sleep you know a couple hours you know it's cold we're wet like let's just get moving early
1: when you're going to do that and you're hunkering down, you know, I, I uh when I when I drive home, like when I drive home from here today, I'm going to have third breakfast, by the way, because we've been talking about it. Yeah. As I get like just a few mile like when I exit onto Hamden and I'm like, oh, I gotta wiggle through this neighborhood and then I'm home, I already start thinking, like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna make this, and I'm gonna make yeah. that. So when you're when it's nine thirty PM, you're halfway through Sergeant's Base or so and you're like, All right, we're gonna we're gonna hunker down, you start to get your stuff out. What's the food? You're like, I'm gonna lay down and I'm gonna eat x or has food just lost all appeal at this point.
2: No, I definitely am thinking about food more so just like a necessity like
0: all right, I got to get something in me. But yeah, you never have like you're not getting excited about what's in your pack. You're just like it's calories, I need it and then I need sleep. Yeah. Like you're basically. just you're just
2: meeting needs. Yeah, just meeting <laughs> needs. If I happen to still have a burrito on me, I'm pretty stoked about the burrito like you know, getting something with some something hearty in me that's not just you know a pop tart or a bar or something something with some protein, hopefully.
1: I, I like you know one of my Colorado Trail events. I, I got to sleep that night and I ate warm mashed potatoes because I had brought a stove and boiled water. And that, but I woke up in the morning and I and I ate the remainder of the bowl that I couldn't finish. As cold mashed potatoes mm. for breakfast, yeah. Mm. See, and you get that face I was right like, there, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> Russ's like, yeah, I didn't have to cook anything. Were there any like? Did you have any eating moments that telling the story back to like a civilian would be like? Oh my god, I can't believe you did that. Uh, like,
2: yeah, frozen burritos that have
0: <laughs> just thawed in your pocket.
2: <laughs> that I'm just leaving outside overnight because it's uh, probably cold enough to like you know, refrigerate this. But I was like, "Eh, yeah. And these are
1: are gas station burritos. They're starting as gas station burritos. So (laughs) you're taking like a gas station burrito, which already for most people is like a questionable, like, "Hmm," and you're putting that outside to the elements (laughs) to cook it is what you're saying. (laughs) Or to
2: store it. To store it. You know, they're already cooked, but I would try to buy non-meat Items, if I could, so the meat wouldn't go bad, or you know, buy a mix. But eh, they all, everything kept fine, and I never got sick. So I guess I did something right. Yeah, hell my yeah. water filter worked. So,
0: so Sergeant Mesa, did that wrap up day four? That wrapped up day four.
2: That did not no. wrap it up. <laughs> not that, by a long shot. That is. So some people have like asked, "What was your?" When did you hit your low? And Sergeant's Mesa is when I hit my low. Like, we started it that night, and it's only, I think, a 15-mile section, but it took so long, like hours, like maybe four four to five hours to Holy clear cow. Sergeant's
1: Mesa. Like, it sucked. Why, why? What? Take, us, take us in there.
2: It's just so rough like just it's unrideable the uphill is so steep you can ride the down but it's just never ending ups and downs and you, you you'll get to the crest of a hill and it's like oh man it's got to be all down from here then you go down for you know a few minutes and it's back up and Ugh. you're just pushing your bike i'm just so tired so fatigued like i If I'm pedaling, I can maybe put out 50 watts. (laughs) Like, I'm just so tired. So rough. And mentally, I'm so beat. Like, at this point, you know, the guys that I'm riding with, I don't know if they're waiting. I don't care. Like, you know, it's a race. (laughs) More importantly,
0: I don't care. It's a
2: race. You know, I want to have people to ride with, but it's a race. You know, I get it every man for himself. You know, so if they're not waiting for me, like. I get it. It's not a big deal. Like, I'll be fine. I'll get the get through this. So get through yeah. That morning I would say is probably when I hit my low. I just I took a, you know, small crash, didn't hurt myself or anything, but just kind of fumbled off the bike and you know, was just wiped and just exhausted. I just sat for a second to eat some food and I just cried for, you know a few minutes i just had a moment yeah and i was like i am not having fun like this is terrible like i'm not gonna quit but this just really sucks right now yeah you know i'm scared about you know what's coming up how my body is gonna handle you know everything that's coming up there's just so many unknowns that are just going through my head it's like Man, I gotta get to Silverton. And we're still on
0: day four. This is like the the, the end this of day four. Uh, no, this we're is five. this is starting day starting day five. five. Starting okay, gotcha, gotcha, five. gotcha, gotcha. So I that's it, a hard it, way to start a day too. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's what got, got me off of the Colorado Trail when I tried to do it myself. Um, was I was like, this isn't fun. Right. Right. Like ultimately, like I'm taking time away from like work and family and and whatever and other like descending fooses with Harley. Yeah. Like doing other cool like, shit. And I'm not doing those things. And I was like, this isn't fun at all. And that's the only reason I'm out here. And I couldn't find my way out of the, this isn't fun headspace yeah. without quitting. I was like, I'm out. So you obviously found a way to get out of the, this isn't fun. Yeah. Headspace. So let's like kind of express through that. Like what got you from your lowest low back to, I'm a Colorado trail racer, you know?
2: Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I had no choice but to keep pushing through Sergeant's Mesa. I had to make it to this, you know, next resupply before Silverton to even stand a chance of making it. Um, pretty low on calories. Got enough to get me there. Um, but yeah, after the entire morning, it felt like I think I, you know, started at 3 a.m. I think I get off Sergeant's mesa around 10 a.m and um, so i'm like okay the worst is done and yeah start making my way to the next you know i've got a short descent down a gravel road to where the next bit of single track starts and uh, there's some guys that were kind of bivvied there they made it there they were just Taking their time and meet up with them, take some time to filter some water, eat some food, get moving, and things are looking up. I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling fast, but (laughs) mentally, I'm like, all right, sun's out. I've got a detour ahead of me. Going to get some food, some rest today. Actually meet some guys, ride with them, chat a bit, and I'm feeling really optimistic. You like, get pretty I'm happy.
1: You get pretty starved for some human interaction though, I'd imagine, after coming through, you know, it yeah. sounds like you, you know, you're in the early morning hours on the side of the trail crying your eyes out. Yeah. Right? It's really nice to come to some friends and be like, Hi guys, let's have words. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hi friends.
2: <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> right? I'm just like yeah, And you're I'm a social just,
1: guy. Like you, yeah. you're you're pretty I'm not gonna say bubbly, but if you're like you got like a bubbly personality. Sometimes. You know? <laughs> At least on the outside. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine you like to be able to chat with people, yeah. you know, and getting to, getting to go go through it with them.
2: But yeah, and then the guys that I was riding with, they're I don't know where they are. They're way ahead of me and I'm like, "All right, this is this is fine. I'm just um riding my own my own race at this point. Like this is what I need. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it on my own. Like I got this." And so yeah, finally make it to the uh, resupply point, which is a mile off route, but is one of the highs of the trip. Um, the last resupply, only resupply before Silverton. So get there. Um, we've got a pretty long detour that day, just on some gravel roads. That takes a while and it's probably like Fifty to sixty miles of detour, no significant vert, a few thousand feet, um, but just roll that pretty easy. And I make it to this resupply point, the Cathedral Lake cabins, and everyone's there. It's like a reunion for the racers. Everyone's just been through hell. They're swapping stories. Like this lady that you know owns this place, caters it to Colorado Trail people. So she's got a kitchen, you know, that's full of food to buy, frozen pizzas, everything.
1: Oh, Russ, I'm going to interrupt you and let you know that um, this place, I just Google searched it, and uh, it actually doesn't exist. You were in some weird mental vortex state (laughs) that you You made the rest of the car. You hallucinated it. This whole thing is all made up. There's no fresh pizzas. It (laughs) got me through whatever it was. (laughs) Um, So we're kind of – this
0: is – you're finishing up day 5 here. Yeah, this is day 5 where I hit this resupply point. So you know where you are, you know what your pace has been, you know what your ideal pace would have been, how close you are to that. Are we like at the light at the end of the tunnel like getting there? I mean, is starting to see terrain. of hope. Is terrain-wise is it stay hard? Does it start to ease up a little bit as we get um it gets
2: I would say it it gets harder but before it gets easier <laughs> but the
1: views are there. Okay. Yeah. Well the south because you're starting to get to the South San Juan's. Yeah. Which are the best mountains oh in, my the, God. in the best state of yeah. mountains. Yeah. They're like, un, they're unbelievable.
2: I still had shitty weather but man I was just loving it. Like yeah, I went from my low to now I'm riding in the San Juan's and yeah, it's just epic. But, yeah, back to that resupply, you know, I, I get there, roll in, lots of people there. So that's a good morale boost. You know, I eat a ton, get a shower, um, resupply on Wait everything.
1: No How many kits did you bring with you? Because you wore spandex on this race, right? Yeah,
2: I wore, oh. I wore two. You I brought, brought two. You, you, there's, you there's, wore all.
1: one and you carried a spare. Yeah. But it's not a spare anymore because we're on day five. So yeah. like, is this a fresh shower situation back into crusty Bibs or like what kind of world are we living in so here?
2: So I, they actually had laundry available to do laundry and I was like, I will pay to have some clean clothes. So I got some, you know, washed my kits there, had some clean clothes.
1: Okay. I give myself all my points back. I tried to do this Colorado Trail Race. Not race, just the trail? Yeah. Alone? Yeah. Like I get it all the way alone? With no support at no, all. So I'm definitely in for the race because this hot pizza laundry, washing your balls <laughs> well, this, and brushing yeah. your this teeth. This is there This you doing legit. it alone. It's not just for racers. So I'll tell you what, maybe I quit a little early.
0: Damn it. Well, and so, uh, you know, thinking about your low point and not having fun and then your not having fun came at arguably a lower consequence part you're two days in, right? Five days in. Yeah. Like how do you quit something five days in? Yeah. You don't. Um, I hear you. And then you something know, it, that- it's just, it's like that, that day and a
1: half, two days into something that sucks. You're like, whatever, you know, I, you're right. <laughs> it's because, investment, right? Yeah. I never, there's a concept of ignoring sunk costs. It's like what the financial guys will tell you to do, right? right? Like you can't ignore how much you've lost. You've got to make the right decision in the moment. But when you're five days invested yeah. You can't ignore that. Car. Yeah, like you can't. You, you know, you've, you've put a lot into it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then
2: another thing that, you know, got me through those tough times was something you've told me, Justin. I'm out doing something that people only wish they could do.
1: Totally. Yeah. Like so when when was, you're out there suffering, you're yeah. also out there. Like you're literally Tom Sawyer, dude. Yeah. I'm, like you're out there. I'm Hulk out Finn living. In. Yeah, I'm, Totally. I'm, I'm
2: deep in life right now. <laughs> totally.
1: totally. So you get showered up, cleaned up, fed up. Yeah. Day five's wrapped. You're you're out there and you're in the prettiest mountains in the state of Colorado. Yeah. And you're like going, Holy shit, I'm gonna I'm, do this. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So I read your Strava post, you're like, I think I'm gonna make it to Durango on Sunday. <laughs> like you can, I could even in one sentence, I could see the positivity yeah. in in, how, in where you are. Pretty
2: positive most of the time. Yeah. But um yeah, so I'm at this, you know, this cabin place. That doesn't
1: exist, yeah, in your head, but yeah, yeah whatever.
2: This fictional <laughs> place that brought me much joy. Yeah, the
1: hobbits that Harley talked about.
2: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, everyone there is, you know, they're pushing through. They're just there to resupply and then get moving. there's a big, big section to get through to get to Silverton. and Pretty much got to get to Silverton. Yeah. Um, you know, to resupply unless you've got a bunch of food and I didn't want to spend another night bivied on the trail. I wanted to make it to Silverton. So instead of, you know, pushing through, you know, early on, like a lot of people did, I was like, I need a little more time to rest. So I got everything squared away for the next day. I, I, rent out like, you know, half a night in this lady's camper that is part of this, you know, cabin place for like 20 bucks so that I can just get a little nap. So I just, you know, get like a two, three hour nap. I'm up at 10 p.m. to push for my day six, you could say, but I'm still on on day five, still on day five. Um, and then yeah got a good bit of road to get through on this detour and then up to Spring Creek Pass and then yeah that's when that's when it starts to get real again and you know we're talking about weather that day and I know that weather is going to be a factor that day I'm hoping that it's not but I'm hoping it's just like an hour or so of you know a storm but I'm hoping to get to Silverton, but I'm stocked up and prepared not to in case, you know, shit hits the fan and I've got to bivy up. But, you know, I start pushing for Silverton at 11 p.m. that same day after probably just a two-hour nap and make a cup so of coffee. basically not a go. break. Yeah, <laughs> short break. But I get moving, feeling good, um, moving well on the road, and then get to reconnect with the CT again, and then I'm just, I wouldn't say dead, but fatigue hits, I'm moving slow, but I'm moving forward, and then hit Spring Creek Pass, and uh, I think I break break tree line around Sunrise, and uh, yeah, the high point of the CT shortly after that, and I'm I'm struggling with altitude, and I've spent a lot of time at altitude training, but I'm just so, you know, exhausted that I'm coughing, I'm hacking, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're riding at minimum of 12,000 feet for the bulk of that day, you know, with the high point being nearly, like, 13.5. But hit the high point, get some pretty sweet descending, and then... You know, I'm just in these epic valleys in the San Juan's and I'm moving slow, I'm hurting, but I'm at the same time I'm I'm loving it. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm out here riding right now. Like this is
0: just insane. Dopamine's a powerful drug.
2: Yeah. It it <laughs> got me through a lot. Yeah. And but then, yeah,
0: getting that hit, like that reward. Yeah. For sure.
2: And then I think about one 1 p.m. hits, and I'm on Cataract Ridge, and that's when I'm like, shit, weather's about to hit. And it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't great. Um, It was cold, super windy. The rain wasn't super heavy, but enough to enough to not make you like what's going on. Well, and <laughs> totally. at this point
1: too, like as, as a listener to the story, six days in your, your it's, adjectives yeah. are not on the same scale that I use the same adjectives. <laughs> right. So I'm imagining. You just want a break. I like, imagine it's just, I imagine it's just cold and bitter yeah. and wet. And yeah. like, my God. Well,
2: Thunder's going off. And, probably like,
0: like the open wound thing. Right. You know, yeah. like, like, a little bit of discomfort at the beginning versus a little bit of discomfort at the end feels like way more discomfort. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, but
2: yeah. you're almost you're almost numb to it at this point.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, like, your but. words aren't the same as my words. Yeah, <laughs> like your bad is probably terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Where for me it would have been like unrideable. And you're like, well, yeah. I just I'm gonna, i I got to get to Silverton. But then
2: yeah. it was just like so wet that you know even descending is sketchy because your brakes aren't holding. It's like God, how much. Brake pad is even left right now
1: because you didn't bring that pair. did bring yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. the <next> pair. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> covered that. Oh, maybe
2: I can get new pads in Silverton. Maybe not, but yeah, just push through.
0: Um Yeah. So at this point, you you it's past midnight. You're on into day
1: six, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I'm into the afternoon of day six.
1: So when do you make Silverton? Like what day? Like do I you get make to it
2: Silverton on- about five. That evening. Did you get a
1: hotel room there also? Oh, yeah, I did.
2: (laughs) Silverton (laughs) was probably the... Besides finishing, Silverton was probably the highlight. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, you're a celebrity because there's going to be tourists there when you rolled in, I'm sure, right?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think any of them had a clue what was going on. Right. I they mean, you're like
1: this some, mythical, weird, you're just like mountain, weird, like
0: mountain grizzly that totally. like comes yeah. out of the woods with like a bike loaded with bags and looks like he's been to war five times. <laughs> yeah.
1: <Totally.
2: laughs> and I just, I go into uh, yeah, just a restaurant and just go to town on full thing of wings and pizza. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty stoked. I'm like, all right, Silverton, I'm going to make it, but sir coming back a little bit, coming into Silverton, like I was so, so wiped. Like it was great. Descended. Um, forgot what the descended stony pass into Silverton. And I've been to Silverton a bunch, but just being on the other side of that pass and seeing what all was back there was just like mind blowing. Like I was like, you know, just riding alongside these massive, rocky, jagged peaks. Like, I'm just like, where am I right now? This is wild. Like, can I even, I just always, always double checking my map. Like this is just unreal. I guess I'm still on course here. Bike tracks right here. So I guess I'm doing something right. And then I roll into Silverton and I'm so exhausted there. It's, there was just a like for maybe 10 yards there was a one percent uphill grade i had to get off and push my bike because i didn't have enough energy to Mm -hmm. even ride up that (laughs) but yeah i coast into silverton eat a lot get a hotel room and just crash hard yeah
0: did you allow yourself like a a reasonable night's sleep. Like, not Oh yeah. Like two or I had so
2: Silverton and I was just kind of like, all right, I am out of race mode. Like I'm not going to destroy myself. Like I'm going to enjoy this last bit. Like sure. I'm going to get a full night's sleep. Actually, I had to wait to even really leave town until nine o'clock the next morning. Cause I had no dry socks and I was like, my not, shoes my not putting yeah. my
0: feet in wet socks not happening
2: no but I pretty much had to because my shoes still didn't dry out but I wanted a pair I wanted a dry pair of socks to go to sleep in that next night because I knew I was going to be bivvying and then I wanted a dry pair to put on at the end when I was done um, so yeah um, that next day started nice like you know
0: how close to your Start pace are chill. you at this point? Like i
2: probably a day, a day, day off, behind. Day off, yeah. okay. But I'm like, you know, I'm all out of race mode. I'm going into tour mode. Mm-hmm. I've got some of the best stuff coming up. I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm at Coffee Bear, just getting some coffee, waiting for uh, Cripple Creek to open up so I can buy some dry socks and um, run into some people. And uh, I'm. Um, meet this girl Lauren Brownlee and uh, she had been in the race and then kind of scratched out uh, after getting a bad mechanical so she was just kind of touring different sections started chatting with her and her friend and ended up just riding with them that day so that was fun um, having some people to ride with and then actually she has won the uh continental divide race. Oh so, wow yeah. That's
0: a big deal. That's a big one.
1: Yeah. But wait, so you meet up with a girl who had a mechanical issue and now you start touring, but if I read all of your posts correctly, she might have rubbed a mechanical bug off on you.
2: There's a chance. Never never thought thought of it that way, but yeah. Um
1: You got the mechanical juju from her.
2: Yeah. I had a major mechanical And that's um, on this
1: coming day. Like you you started writing yeah, that's riding. on this this day seven now. See, you got her bug. Yeah. That's why you six feet, dude. You gotta keep everyone with anything. Yeah. In this post no, matter what, is, or no yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. Hey man, six feet away. I just got audited by the IRS. Six <laughs> yeah. feet away. I got a flat tire in my car <laughs> from now. Six on feet on away. Six feet. Yeah, Everyone's six I'm feet. I'm social
2: distancing from any bad juju you may <laughs> totally. have. But yeah. Um having some fun, enjoying having some company. Um and um Yeah, start riding. I'm moving slow, like hitting like 12,000 feet up these passes. I'm dead, but enjoying some company. The views are stellar. I'm pretty stoked on finishing. I know I'm going to. uh, But then, you know, a few hours later, once again, the rain starts. um, Off and on, light and heavy. But start descending. Things are going good. I'm having fun, but then, yeah, I hit a not an overly tech session section, but hit a rough section that's just got a bunch of rocks buried in deep mud, and the trail decides it wants to eat my derailleur, and so.
1: And you sheared I, it all the way off, right? Yeah, you, sh-
2: you sheared the I, derailleur clean off. Like yeah, there's no, off.
1: you couldn't like fix it. The, there's no, there's no MacGyver on this one. The thing is gone
2: yeah um i go otb into the mud i'm frustrated because i'm like oh man i'm in the freaking mud like that was a dumb fall and then i look back and my derailleur is just sitting in my spokes and i'm just my worst nightmare has just happened i'm like oh my god i'm 60 60 miles from the finish and i have no derailleur um You know, I had a hanger and I was like, all right, maybe I can get it on the hanger, but I'm doing all this in the rain and the cable, like it's just hanging on to the cable by a few threads. So I'm like, there's, there's no point and, um, end up just taking the derailleur off and then try to rig the bike up single speed so I can pedal but that's not working. It's either too tight to where it's just going to snap or it's too loose and it's just jumping and falling off. So I'm like, you know what? As long as I can push this bike and coast it, that's all I care about. I just have to be able to move.
1: So you did the last 60 miles pushing (laughs) up hills and flats and then coasting your descents. Yeah. I was, uh...
2: there was even then I like, I, when it happened, I was scared. Like, I was like, Am I going to have to, like, just push my bike through the night to make this happen? How long is this going to take? I'm trying to do the math in my head. Um, but, yeah.
0: That's a, that's a, a of, level of stick-to-itiveness that uh, I think a lot of people probably lack.
2: <laughs> well, it either speaks for my character or my lack of mechanical skills. No, I <laughs> I
0: mean, I don't know you very well, but I think it speaks to your character as a bike yeah. racer. like. You already said the decision was made that you're finishing, yeah. Right, so that that decision is made. Yeah. So and I'm like, you know, whatever happens between inside, that decision and the finish of the race, yeah, kind of doesn't matter. I'm
2: like, you know, if I don't finish until ten o'clock the next day, like that's fine. Whatever. Whatever it takes to to finish. That's impressive. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, all right, I think I have enough calories yeah I' gonna do what I have to do to finish
0: and Bobby
1: horsed his bike I've ridden time, the area, surprisingly. And that area that's not like that's not like coasting home on the bike path right like it is the that is arguably the rockiest chunkiest part of the entire CT wow yeah but that that Silverton to Durango section yeah
2: but that you know that mechanical happens and then at least I've got, you know, some people with me. Yeah, so they gave you the, keeping... bad, the, the,
1: the mechanical juju people. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so that's at least given me some, some comfort that I've got some people with me. We push through for a few more hours. You know, I just start hiking. And then I just make up as much time as I can descending. And then we're pushing through past dark and we bivvy cuz things get start to get sketchy like we're doing these rough descents with tons of mud, more mud just slip sliding down the mountain. Um, it's still raining and then we get to kind of a sheltered area where there's some good tree cover and I'm it's 9:30. I'm like, "All right, I'm going to we're going to bivvy." You know the people that I'm with; they're on a you know chill pace. They're gonna get up, you know, daylight, and I'm like, all right, I'm I gotta be pushing by 3 a.m. at the latest. So that last day, I'm up at 3 a.m. and I just load everything up on the bike in the dark. Then you're hustling for the finish line. This is it. Uh, it stopped raining that night so that was nice um then i've got some some sun and i'm i'm just pushing like i'm flooded with you know adrenaline are you
1: jogging the bike ever or are you just like still jogging, just kind of not jogging but
2: i'm your- i'm hyped up on as much sugar and caffeine as i can get in me and i'm i'm pushing hard i'm like this is getting
1: done and so i um uh- because I had started there and, I, and I've ridden there, the end of the trail, it's it's not there's not a ticker tape parade at the end of the trail. I mean, it's it's a trailhead much like the start of the trail. Yeah. can't like there's a big sign. This is the trail. Now it's single track to there. Yeah, but you kind of exit in almost like a borderline neighborhood like area. Yeah, in Durango. So when you are are envisioning this, when you got to that finish line, was it is, was it anticlimactic? Climactic? Was it like? Take us, you're fighting to get there through every bit of adversity, and here you are.
2: I thought I was going to be flooded with with emotions and screaming, I did it, I did it, but I get there, and I'm just kind of like, "Well, I guess I'm done now. And uh, (laughs) I'm like, well, I'm glad that was done. Glad that's done. There's some people there. There's, you know, the the, um, people that are you know, following us, the track leaders. You know, we've got our in reaches and everything, our spots and everything to show us where we are on the trail. We're being, you know, monitored the whole time. Um, and then, you know, I come in and, you know, I talk to them. And they're, you know, feeding Glad you're not me, dead. Yeah, feed me, giving me beers, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah. Kinda anti-climatic, climactic, but
1: well, I think it's just you're in that you're in that spot where how do you how do you have a finish that quantifies all of that you have gone through yeah. in the last week and you're like well that's it, that's an impossibility right yeah. like if you had Mickey Mouse Still and hard Goofy to wrap and, my and, head around but, it. like yeah like um, and I think that that's it's why I've always envied those that have done this and have tried to do it and why the sting of not doing it is still is still ever there for me because it's what you did in the seven and a half days. It's not that last hour, right? Yeah.
2: I still think about it, and I'm just like, holy
1: shit, I can't believe I did that. That was crazy. <laughs> well, we talk on this a podcast all the time. Harlan and I always talk about how races and events and these experiences, they have the opportunity to both level you up, but also like reestablish your new definitions of yeah. hard or... Great or whatever. Like, talk about redefining what your yeah, heart is. I mean, like, man, I can just kind of grit through anything.
2: Like, you know, I guess it's a good metaphor for life, you know? <laughs> things can get really hard and shitty,
1: but just push through and you'll get there. Would you look back, though it's only been a couple of weeks, are, is this like one of those things that you finish and you go, heck yeah, I did that. So now I'm doing this or does it live in its own space? Because like I had, when I first thought I'd get into packing, I'm like, all right, I'll do the Coca Peli, Then I'll do the Colorado Trail. Then I'll do the Arizona Trail. And then I'll do the Continental Divide. Like I had this, like I thought that was the progression. And for me, I found out I actually don't really like the sport at all. But <laughs> yeah. a lot of times when we finish big things, we then like want to leverage them yeah. into the next thing. Or is this just going to live on its own for you? You know, I think it's,
2: it's kind of both. It's, it's own thing in itself. Like, you know, I can't believe I did that. You know, what a crazy experience. You know, a friend told me, my friend who finished second, he, he didn't finish it his first year. He pulled out early. um, And he told me like, he was like 25%, 25% of rookies finish. So people that, do this in their first year. Only a quarter of those that start actually make it to the end. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's such a wild experience that it's you know its own thing. But then it's also like, man, I can I can do these bigger things, and I want to do some bigger things. But you know, I don't I don't want you know bike pack races to kind of define me as an athlete, I guess.
1: So what's the thing now where you go, okay, hmm, maybe this is within reach now. Like what's the thing you're thinking about now that, that this experience allowed you to say, probably going to do that? Um, I'm, I'm definitely thinking
2: about the Arizona Trail, doing the full thing, doing the Arizona Trail race next October. So a year from this October. Yeah, and from what I've heard, it's a little more bike friendly. It's a little more rideable, less hike a bike, but. I mean, minus the Grand Canyon. Yeah. yeah.
1: Certainly challenging. (laughs) There's that short 26 mile hike through the Grand Canyon. But other than that.
2: Well, I, I don't know. I did a hike a bike for 60 miles. So. Good point. So it was 26
1: yeah man it's a good point
0: so marathon
1: versus an ultra marathon you get to take your bike apart and put it on a bike on a backpack and yeah. carry it so um, well dude I just sit here in awe of you Harley started the episode right like he goes hey we got a guy in here that did a thing that you can't do <laughs> thanks man but he's right well I've just sat here for two hours feeling bad <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want you to. I think that this is why you and I are great together because we cut it straight, right? Yeah. And that is very true. Like, it is, you know, I sit here, Russ texts me. He's like, hey, like, what do you think? You know, maybe do an episode of your podcast where you can talk about the Colorado Trail Race. And I'm like, yeah, dude, because I'm I'm over here like uh, Garth, like, we're not worthy. Yeah, yeah. We're not worthy. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I think what you did is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, doing it with such little background in this version of the sport but with such great background in knowing your ability to persevere and you did the training i mean you you trained a bunch of the sections you yeah. you put in the work um and then you saw that you saw the result of the work was coming out in my opinion a, a huge victory right yeah. just a huge victory and um i mean you sounds like you met everything from weather to personal like emotional destruction to <laughs> yeah physical like mechanical destruction and yet none of it slowed you down and you could just pop tart and pizza your way to the finish line um and now who knows what else is next so it's a huge tip of my hat to you man Like, guess unbelievable accomplishment
2: yeah just um yeah trying to keep you know the mindset of you know making it through this just trying to carry that forward and everything on and off the bike Man, yeah.
0: anybody who says that bike racing doesn't make you a better human, like you, the generic you, just yeah. hasn't done a hard enough bike race. Like <laughs> right? It, it will. Right. It creates character right. Right.
1: within a human that you won't find anywhere else. Totally. And and the the survival aspect of these bike pack races that then puts it's not just about the race and about your place and your speed and all of these things, but like your survival, like yeah, like literally life just, and death. Yeah. moments out there where it's like but only you take care of you yeah i'm just out here surviving oh well super cool man i was so glad to hear that that freaking whole path with you it sounds like you don't want to ride in mud anytime soon no um which which is good because there's on a trail let's get to the desert where it's dry yeah um but unbelievable man great freaking job huge congratulations that's awesome thanks uh, anything, any last little bit you want to say out there is that like, if you had to do a bumper sticker, like, Hey, I, this is, I'm Russ, the Colorado trail race finisher. And if I had one piece of advice for somebody trying to get into this, I would say you can do more than you think you can do. Dude. I love it. I love it, man. That's freaking cool. Well, guys, if you're listening and you got some crazy thing on your mind and for some of you it may just be riding your bike to work, maybe you have a 40 mile commute and you've always wanted to do it. Like... If you have listened to Russ for the last two hours and, and have any doubt about the human ability, well, then you need to get your ears checked because this guy just showed you what it can do. So kudos, man. Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah. It was Thanks, awesome. Russ. Super fun. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. are done. So get the fuck out. You're weak.
1: are done. So get the fuck out. you weak. You're done. So get the
2: fuck